for the period right after Easter, it's traditional to greet others with the words, Christ is risen, and the response is, Alleluia, he is risen indeed. So I've been thinking maybe we ought to have a similar custom for the season after Christmas. Christ is born, Alleluia. I think this, I suppose, because in these few days since the nativity, the world seems to be a tad brighter. We are at the end of a difficult year, but the beginning of another, which we pray will be much better. We have spent a year of sickness, isolation, and anxiety. But there seems to be light on the pandemic horizon. Vaccines are being administered to those in greatest danger and the priorities for other groups are being established. About politics, I suppose I should not speak, but I confess that my point of view here is consistent with my general theme. Hallelujah. Well, we're not quite ready for total redemption. We have still a lot to learn and do. Things need time to develop and people need time to enter their new occupations. We have still a lot to learn. We need new activities, relationships, occupations. The reading today from the prophet Jer Jeremiah recounts the reassembling of the scattered people. The remnant of Israel, they are called. They are to be gathered from the farthest parts of the earth. The people to be gathered are the lost and weary. They will come weeping, but the Lord will lead them to a safe place where they will sing aloud to the height of Zion and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord. I will turn their mourning into joy, exclaims the prophet. I think this is exactly what we're all hoping for now. We are certainly a people who are lost and weary. The psalmist reaffirms these predictions. Those who go through the desolate valley will find a place of springs. They will climb from height to height. And we're surely ready to leave the desolate valley. And Paul writes to the church in Ephesus of the love of God, the God who has destined us for adoption. He assures his congregation in Ephesus that they are in his prayers and he gives thanks for them because they have faith in the Lord and love toward all the saints. The Christians of Ephesus have moved from darkness to light. And I think so have we. But I think the key reading today is the gospel taken from Luke. It's one of the rare episodes in which we see something of Jesus's life before the beginning of his ministry. As such, it's treasured. And what I love about this episode and probably why it has been retained as part of the scripture is that we have in it probably an event that demonstrates clearly both Jesus the prophet, the Lord, and Jesus the boy. The passage recounts that Joseph and Mary 
went every year to Jerusalem for Passover. I wondered what sort of hike that was. So uh, according to the internet, it's 88 miles from their home in Nazareth to Jerusalem. The online note tells me the traffic is light and that it will take an hour and 27 minutes for the trip. For those on foot or donkey back, traveling in a group of adults and children, that's obviously not very useful information. I've been, it must have been a large group with individuals from various families mixing and shifting. In fact, a specific person might not be missed or noticed during the long trudge. And walking 88 miles is not a casual undertaking. It would be a daunting trip even in an ox cart. We can imagine the panic that parents would feel about their son not being with the group of other adolescents when they reach the evening stopover. But the text tells us that Mary and Joseph turned back immediately and started walking, apparently alone, in the dark, back to Jerusalem. They didn't locate Jesus for three days. What a panic they must have been in. After their encounter with Jesus must have been difficult. They were frantic and exhausted, and they're astonished to find him in the temple. And the wise officials and teachers are reported to have been astonished at the level of Jesus's questions and comments. Jesus was rather mystified at his parents' dismay that he had stayed. He has felt that that was the right place for him, but he obeys Mary and Joseph. It's useful to contemplate just what role this domestic adventure really played in the whole structure of Jesus's ministry. It is, we might presume, the beginning of that ministry, even though it was interrupted. Yet here is Jesus as a boy, not quite a teenager. He may not yet be clear about just who he is. We have no definitive history that covers that part of the story. But this is a glimpse. As a 12-year-old boy, he might have understood that his parents would worry. As a fledgling prophet, he knew he needed to listen to the wise. He needed to listen to the teachers, the priests in the temple. Yet his youth perhaps shielded him from the reality of his parents' concerns. The humanity and the divinity of Jesus collide here in a very visible and realistic episode. I think that is why it is such an important story. Just as we are at the beginning of the new year, Jesus here is on the brink of acknowledging his own nature. Is he here Jesus, the son of God? Yes. Is he here, the son of Mary and Joseph? Yes. He is surprised that they are worried, but obviously begins to recognize the challenges of his adult life. Jesus understood the complications of timing, and he went back to Nazareth, uncomplaining and obedient. Mary, on some level, does understand. After all, she knew before his birth who he would be. She has kept all these memories for contemplation. 
he understands the importance of remaining the dutiful son of Mary and Joseph. And we understand that for once we have a glimpse of Jesus at a moment of realization, and perhaps even an episode of worry. His life's responsibilities could have seemed overwhelming at this point to him, this boy from Nazareth. We can try to imagine the burden and the realization that Jesus must have felt. He went home knowing that nobody could really understand who he was and knowing that it was not yet the time to begin his ministry. For us, looking out on our own challenges, this episode can seem like a simple story from a long ago. But we can also see that Jesus has taken the first steps on his path of learning and teaching and realizing that he must carry out his own work not in the temple with the learned priests, but in the ordinary neighborhoods of life. His followers would not be the rulers and priests and scholars, but would be that crowd that tramped the road from Jerusalem to Nazareth. They would be fishermen and shepherds and homemakers and farmers and tax collectors. They would be us. May we be his followers in simplicity and gratitude. And may we use our time of trial and our long trek, which may be more than 88 miles, to remember it is important to live our lives in dignity and love. We can study and meditate in the temple, but we need to get out on the road and be obedient to our own lives. We will have a good new year. We will accept the realities of our lives. And we will be ready to learn from the world we are in. May this new year bring us all peace, the subduing of the pandemic, and a resolve to walk in love no matter how long the journey. Amen. <laughs>